0: Welcome to the Coppreneur Path Podcast. Welcome to the show that is all about the path from cop to coppreneur. I'm your host, Adam Wills. With this podcast, I am going to help equip you for your own post law enforcement entrepreneurial journey with lessons learned from my experience growing a successful post Leo business. You'll also get to hear from fellow coppreneurs and experts in business and marketing whose advice will give you an edge against the competition. You are in the right place. So let's get after it. Welcome to another episode of the Copper Newer Path podcast brought to you by leo2ceo.com. Now, before we start the show, guys, you know that when I can, I love to start off the show reading your reviews. And I have a brand new review to read today. It's from Julian Hayes II. So now you may remember, Julian was actually a guest recently on the podcast. And he says, interesting and valuable podcast. Adam and his various guests strike a great balance between motivation and actual strategy for implementation. Also, I appreciate how Adam, along with his guests, offer a realistic portrait of entrepreneurship. Thanks, Julian. I really appreciate the great review and I appreciate the awesome conversation and interview uh, on the podcast. Guys, please do go and leave a review for the podcast. I love reading reviews and I hear from so many of you, but uh, admittedly, very few of you guys actually go and leave a review. It just takes a couple of seconds and it would really help out other listeners of the show, people that are looking for this sort of content that can be helpful to them. And so please just go to cpp.fm forward slash review and you can leave a review for the podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. Now, for today's show, I'm actually going to piggyback off of Julian's review here. So at the end, he said, I appreciate how Adam, along with his guests, offer a realistic portrait of entrepreneurship. And today, that is exactly what we are going to do. We are going to talk realistically about entrepreneurship, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the worse and ugly. And so I want to start off this episode with really what should be a simple question, but it's going to require you to be a little introspective. You're going to have to really ask yourself to answer this question honestly and truthfully. That question is, are you a workaholic? Now, I know it's a taboo question, and in some way, shape, or form, we could probably all label ourselves a workaholic, but what I really mean is Do you prioritize your work over your personal life, your personal relationships, and your personal enjoyment? I'm not the authority on how to define a workaholic, but I think that definition fits really well. And if I'm honest, it's a little bit of a gut punch, even for me sometimes. So ask yourself that question sincerely and give yourself an honest answer. And I don't really care. I don't know, you know, what your personal situation is. Those of you that are listening, whether you are listening to this podcast because you're just interested in post-law enforcement entrepreneurship, or if you are still in law enforcement and have started a business or are starting a business, or if maybe you've already left law enforcement and you're running a post-law enforcement business. Really, it doesn't matter the lens that you apply this question through, whether it's to your work in law enforcement or your work in business, because let's be honest with each other. If you're a workaholic when you're on the job, you're going to be a workaholic in your business. Okay. So answer yourself that question, honestly. And I have to tell you guys, I want to start with a little bit of truth, honesty, and transparency about where I'm coming from with this particular topic in this episode. I struggle with workaholism. I'm getting better at it. I'm still figuring it out. And I've learned some things along the way that have helped me to improve and be able to put some some limitations and barriers on uh, my work so that I don't become a full-fledged workaholic. When I was in the last several years of my law enforcement career. I was, I went into full workaholic mode. Um, There is no denying the fact that I worked my tail off. I was putting in hours like crazy. And there were, I mean, there were weeks where I was putting in sometimes 60, 70 plus hours. um, And I was on call all the time. It's one of the really neat things actually, but it's also one of the really stressful Uh, and difficult things about being an administrator in what would be labeled as a small to medium sized law enforcement agency. And it means you have to wear a lot of hats. It means that you have to juggle a lot of things. And it means that you have to be a lot of things to a lot of different people within your agency, which means you are constantly attached to your phone, which I did for several years. What that did was it ingrained some really poor habits in me. And when I left my law enforcement career and started my business, I replaced one workaholic addiction to my job with being a workaholic in my business. Let me ask you another question. Assuming that you are somebody who has already started a business, and maybe this is something that you're struggling with too. I want to ask you, why did you start your business in the first place? And the reason I ask that it's a loaded question is because most people will answer that question by saying that I wanted freedom and maybe that freedom for you is from a different thing or, or, or freedom to do a different thing. But most people would say, I want freedom to make my own decisions. I want freedom to work when I want to, to work how much I want to, to work where I want to. Um, Those are typically the things people just say, I don't want to have a boss anymore. I don't want to punch a time clock anymore those things would resonate with most entrepreneurs. It certainly resonates with me. It would have resonated with me several years ago when I started my business, but that isn't what I did, guys. That's not what I did. And you may be stuck in the same boat too, where you're uh, burning yourself out trying to run your business because you're trying to achieve something that feels a long way off. So take a moment And remind yourself why you started your business. And hold on to that thought for a few minutes. And we'll circle back to it in the end of this episode. The reality is though, guys, most businesses, they struggle to scale. And a lot of businesses fail. Just some interesting statistics that I pulled up uh, in preparation for this episode that are really startling to me. During the first year approximately 20% of businesses will fail. Now go to your 5th year. Approximately 50% of businesses will fail during their 5th year. It's interesting though because most people would say that the difficulty in growing and in, in being consistent and having a long-lasting business that's going to stick around has a lot of different working parts. And it does. And we're going to talk about a few of those things, but there seems to be this particular barrier that most companies have. And it really doesn't, it seems to not really matter the type of industry, but it's what they call the 20K barrier. Okay. And so that barrier is trying to break $20,000 of revenue on a monthly basis. And most businesses that fail to make it through their first second, third, fourth, and fifth years are because they have failed to figure out how to break that barrier to, to make over $20,000 a month. Now I could tell you from my own experience, that barrier is difficult to break. I broke that barrier about two years ago now, maybe a little bit less. And leading up to that point in my business was so stressful. So stressful. I mean, I, I I felt like there were, there were days, there were months that I couldn't, I didn't know where the next check was coming from. It was chaotic. It was this roller coaster and not knowing whether I could pay the bills and, and all of those things that are important, not only the business's bills, but my personal bills, whether I could take care of my family or not. And so that 20 K a month barrier is a significant challenge. And I'm not going to try and paint a rose colored picture here and you know, tell you that the grass is greener on the other side, that once you break $20,000 a month, that all those problems go away. What I'm saying is, is that typically most companies, most businesses, by the time they reach that $20,000 a month barrier, they have done so because to, to reach that goal requires you to do some things that are not built into us they're not innate they're not just they don't come naturally. It, it requires you as the business owner and the entrepreneur to seek out methods and strategies that are going to get you there and a lot of those methods and strategies have to do with how you manage your time, how you manage your resources and how you manage your money. and those things um, are counterintuitive for a lot of people they were for me. The interesting thing that I want to point out here too in talking about these these failure rates, is that uh, you'll notice if you go and look at these failure rates, just go uh, Google uh, search the question, how many businesses fail per year? And some of the, some of these articles you'll look at, you can see these charts uh, that show from year to year the change over year for number of businesses started and number of businesses failed. Now, obviously the two coincide with each other, but what's interesting to me is that we can't go f- specifically off of the failure rate because in years where the economy is really good, you end up having more businesses fail because when the economy is really good, people are more willing to take risk. They're more willing to put their necks out there and that of course then results in greater failures. So um, don't don't get too hung up on the failure rates, but Um, But it's an interesting thing to consider nonetheless. The real question I want to ask you is why? Why do businesses fail? So I've, I've kind of come up with four, what I would say are distinct categories under which are the minutia of the reasons why most businesses fail. That first one is a lack of demand for the product or service that they offer. This just comes down to research, identifying what is it that you offer. As a marketing professional myself, I would say that uh, this also includes a failure to actually convey what your product or service is in a way that resonates with your potential customers. okay? The second one is cash flow problems. We talked about that a little bit. Uh, the third one is difficulty attracting the right talent and the fourth one is not researching the competition. Regardless of the reasons, guys, you need to be in control of your business. Your business should not run you. If you find yourself in a situation where your business is draining your energy because you feel like you constantly have to commit time to it and focus to it outside of uh, what is healthy, If, if it's interfering with those Uh, that personal time and personal relationships and personal fulfillment and enjoyment, then you are no longer running your business. Your business is running you. And I want to tell you guys, I I want so badly as the host of this podcast, speaking into you as a former law enforcement officer myself who started a successful business and wanting to see the same for you. I wholeheartedly and emphatically want to encourage you to understand where this barrier is for you and to be able to pick up on when is your business in charge of you versus you being in charge of your business. You need to have such an awareness of that. It's like that awkward feeling when you get, when you're on a call for service and you realize that your positioning, your physical positioning isn't safe, isn't tactically sound and you reposition yourself in the room or uh, you know, how you're standing next to a subject, right? It needs to be so built into you that that feeling of I'm not safe and I need to make an adjustment here. That's the sort of awareness that I want you to have when it comes to running your business versus it running you. When you cross that threshold to recognizing that I'm not really in charge here anymore and I need to do something about it. I want you to do something about it. Let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, I'm gonna share with you five things that you can do to take back control when you recognize that your business is running you rather than you running it. Hey, Adam here, just taking a quick break. Do you wanna turn your website visitors into loyal fans? I want to let you know real quick about a free guide I wrote that will teach you how to use email marketing to educate and nurture your subscribers. Did you know that email marketing gives an average return of $44 for every $1 spent? If you've tried email marketing in the past and have been unsuccessful, this guide will give you everything you need to get it right and start seeing results from your efforts. Just go to leo2ceo.com forward slash email dash guide, and you can download the guide instantly. Again, that's leo2ceo.com forward slash email dash guide. Back to the show. All right, guys, welcome back from the break. As promised, I want to share with you five things, five things that I have learned um, uh, either on my own or I mean, honestly, very few of these things have I learned on my own. I would say that they're overall principles that have been taught to me and drilled into me by other people that I admire and have mentored under that I've tweaked, adjusted, and used for my own purposes and have put my own spin on that I now want to share with you. So five things that that we can do in order to take back control of your business rather than letting it run you. The first time I Really realized that I was letting my business run me and that I had made no change whatsoever was when I hired my first business coach. And that was, I think I was about a year into my business. And I recognized that I really had no clue what I was doing and that I needed help. I needed some guidance and I needed some direction. And I hired my first business coach. During the very first meeting that I had with my business coach, I came to her with very different problems that were surface level, right? I was saying, oh, I'm frustrated by figuring out how to execute on this thing. Or I want to know how to prioritize this thing over this thing and other thing. Or how to structure uh, this particular service that I want to offer and what to price it at. And so I came in with a very surface level problem not realizing that the problem was actually much deeper. It took that stepping outside of my curse of knowledge and bringing someone else into the conversation that wasn't inside my business to be able to tell me, hey, here's here's the real problem. I, I came in and I expounded all these, I, I just spewed all these th- these problems and these challenges I was trying to overcome. And she says to me very flatly and plainly, who's running who? And I said, well, what do you mean? She said, are you running your business or is your business running you? And I pondered that question for a minute because I was totally caught off guard. And I said, well, what do you mean? And she says, well, why did you decide to start this business? Right? And so I go into this diatribe about, my departure from law enforcement and how i decided that you know i was going to be done with law enforcement and start my own business and the type of business i started and the other business that i started at the same time that failed right i went into this whole explanation and she says no i just want to i want to know why what were you hoping to achieve and succeed out of starting your own business and i told her flatly i said i'm sick of working for other people i don't want to go back to working for anyone else I want to make a comfortable living which I could never make in law enforcement and not because I want to be rich but because I want the security and knowledge that my family is taken care of um both now and when I'm gone. I want to live a life where I can enjoy my family. I can enjoy my kids and I can enjoy the things that I like to do without feeling like I have to say, nope, sorry, I can't do that, honey. I can't make that soccer game. I can't go to that movie. I can't do this thing because I have to work. I have to work this holiday. I can't do Christmas this year, right? We've all been there in law enforcement. She finally tells me, she says, you need to figure out how to run your business, not let your business run you. Because what she pointed out to me is I was allowing my business to put me in the same exact place that I had been when I was in law enforcement. It was in control of me. I was responding to and reacting to the things that came about when they came about without really taking any time to figure out how I could proactively address those things. So here's what I've come up with. The first thing that you can do is decide which tasks to delegate and to whom to delegate them to. You don't have to do everything in your business. Now, I get it. Starting up a new business is difficult. You don't have the capital to be able to hire people. You don't have the capital necessarily to even be able to outsource things. And I totally understand that. And that's not what I'm telling you. What I'm telling you is that it's okay to bootstrap things from the very beginning. And in fact, maybe you need to bootstrap some things because you need to learn how to do those things. In fact, I would encourage you to go back and check out uh, a podcast episode I did on skill stacking. In that episode, I talk about the importance of stacking skills in the right order and at the right time in order to grow your business, and how important it is to need to do some of those things that you might outsource later on. That's episode 44 of the podcast called "Skill Stacking for Business and Professional Growth." So go back and check that that episode out. But you don't have to do everything for very long. In fact, you need to at some point identify what things you are going to offload from your plate. And for more on that, you can check out the podcast episode I did called Are You Prepared to Suck? Episode 65, where you need to identify and I encourage you to ruthlessly look at what things you're not good at and identify those things early on so that you can outsource them or delegate them as quick as possible. Because the longer you continue to do those things beyond what is necessary, the more you're setting yourself up for failure. Number two thing that you can do to take back control is find the right candidates for your business. So when you are looking to delegate, and and that doesn't necessarily just mean hiring people. It could mean that, and it depends upon what type of business you are starting or growing. But recruitment is important. It's, It's just as important as it is in the police department or the sheriff's office where you want the right people at your back and at your side and in front of you. And the only way you do that is by hiring the right people in the first place. Yeah, we've got training and all of those things. But if you don't start from the right shell to begin with, you're never going to be able to get to where you want to be with that particular candidate. So find the right people, whether those are employees or their their subcontractors, make sure you identify the right people to be in your business because not identifying the right people is catastrophic, right? You could be trying to take a step forward in delegating things like I just told you to in step 1 and you choose the wrong person, and then you end up taking two steps back because maybe they might, they wrecked something in the process. They damaged your business's reputation. Um, who knows what? Make sure you invest the time into, into the right people to be on your team. The third thing to do is communicate clearly. Oh, okay, I got to hang my head here and admit, this is something I really struggle with. And I don't just mean talking. I mean... Communicating objectives and communicating goals to the people that you are delegating to. I feel like this is something I ought to be way better at. But the reality is I struggle with it because I often know in my my head what I want the outcome to be and what I want to accomplish, but I have a hard time putting my thoughts down into a way that I can then give that to somebody to be able to run with. The reality is though. If you don't, you're not only setting them up for failure, but you're setting yourself up for failure because you can't grow unless you have people that are on your team that are willing to execute on the goals and objectives that you have laid out for them. And if you don't lay them out clearly, they're going to, they're going to wreck them up and often unintentionally. So you owe it not only to them, but you owe it to yourself to make sure you communicate very clearly what you want accomplished. The fourth thing is to update and organize your processes. Now, I cannot emphasize this enough, guys, because really, I I personally believe that the true value of any company, any business is not in its customer list, its product, its secret sauce, uh, or even its employees or its leadership. The true value in any company or business are its processes. And without solid processes, you really don't have an asset to sell. Now, maybe you don't want to sell your business. That's okay. The point is you should build your business like you intend to sell it because when you build it, like you intend to sell it, you will have something of value and it will force you to focus on the things that are going to help it grow. This was drilled into me and and I I almost didn't grasp this concept until my business coach actually told me to go pick up the book Built to sell by John Warlow and built to sell it's it's kind of a fiction book with an undertone of nonfiction and the, it's it uses a story, a fictional story to really just lay out truth about how important it is to build your business with the purpose of selling it. And that drills into you the need and the emphasis on doing that. Uh, but we also talked about this just a few episodes ago, depending upon when you're listening to this, uh, with Barat Canadia. Uh, the episode was called "How to Properly Value Your Startup," episode 78, and we talked about this very thing about the emphasis on having good processes within your business. Those processes not only going to help you build a strong business, but they're going to help you lay out. Um, solid barriers for your business that keep you in check in order to ensure that you're staying on track. And of course, because processes, when you have them mapped out, you have them written down, they're tried and tested. They save you time so that you can do the things you love. The last thing I want to emphasize is to automate, 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 automate. I can't, I can't stress that one enough either. Automation can be a little challenging and it especially depends upon the type of business that you are running. But the more that you can automate different processes, the more you can save yourself time and headache, repeating the same things over and over again and doing the same things over and over again. And you might even be able to take hours that you are spending on a virtual assistant or a subcontractor or an employee and put them into automation. I highly encourage you to take a look at things like Zapier. Zapier is a really cool tool where you can connect different software applications and make it automate processes. Um, If you really want to go next level, of course, I'm biased, but check out our software system that we launched last fall, Breacher CRM. It is a full suite business and marketing automation software. Uh, It's like Zapier on steroids and handles even like your business phone number and email marketing and online courses and things of that nature. Um, You can go check that out. In fact, I want to tell you guys real fast about a uh, lifetime plan that we put together just for listeners of the Copper Newer Path podcast. And so if you want to sign up for Breacher CRM and see what it's all about, you can get a lifetime plan of our our Halligan plan uh, tier. And that is normally $297 a month, but we are just for listeners of this show doing it for $297 a year so that you can go check it out. You can get acquainted with it. You can start tracking all of your customer leads and, and doing some, some really cool, awesome things with it. Just go to breachercrm.com forward slash lifetime, and you can go check that out. Now, the last thing I want to leave you here with guys is sort of a bonus. And for this bonus, I want to point you towards another book and a resource, and that is The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Now, this book, I mean, it sounds a little bit too good to be true, right? A 4-Hour Workweek, and that's because it is. In fact, in an interview like a year or two ago, Tim Ferriss actually admitted that when he wrote the book, the four hour work week, he had no intention of actually portraying to people that, that it was realistic to achieve a four hour work week for most people. But what he wanted to convey is that that is the level of ruthlessness that you should have at trying to put restrictions on the time you spend in your business and how to step away from things. So go check out the 4-hour work week. There's a lot of really great resources in there that talk about automation and hiring virtual assistants and other things of that nature that give give you guidance on how to put restrictions on your time and let your customers or your clients know that there are restrictions on your time. That was a life changer for me. Honestly, that book really changed things for me. And sometimes when I start recognizing that my business is taking control, I think of that book and I actually get not just, not just ruthless, but I get reckless and reckless in a good way. I feel like you have to keep your business in check sometimes. And sometimes you just have to turn around and punch it in the throat and say, no, I'm in charge here. Not you so I do that sometimes, even, even there's days where I'm like, man, it's beautiful. outside. I just need a break. I just need to go outside and play with my kids. I need to go do something fun. I need to take the rest of the afternoon off. But then immediately those thoughts creep in of, well, but I've got this project to work on and I've got that thing to do. And this client is expecting this thing from me. And I get reckless almost because the sane person would probably say, oh no, I have to prioritize those things and get them done. Um, and it's not that I don't prioritize the work that needs to be done for my clients and that I don't try to achieve deadlines. But the reality is this business was created for me and my family and they come first always and forever. And they need to come first for you to punch your business in the throat. Make sure it knows that you're in charge from time to time and step away. It's not going to fall apart. It's not going to burn to the ground. It's going to be there tomorrow, but the moment that you have to be able to seize on an opportunity to enjoy the things that you love in life probably won't. That's what I want to leave you guys with. I hope that you find this encouraging. Please don't let your business run you. You run your business. All right, guys, let's catch you on this next episode. Hey, thanks for sticking around till the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review at leotoseo.com forward slash podcast dash review or in your preferred podcast listening app. I would love to hear your feedback and it will also help other compreneurs like yourself find the show. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to leo2ceo.com, click on podcast, and search this episode number, and you'll find all the links, descriptions, and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.